Hi, this is Guy Raz. And I'm Mindy Thomas. And together we bring you Wow in the World. NPR's podcast for curious kids and the grown-ups. And we're back with all new episodes. New scientific adventures both in and out of this world. Find Wow in the World on NPR One, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Stephen. Hello, Linda. Stephen, what is the best piece of pop culture advice you ever got? You are fishing, I can tell. (laughs) It is definitely a piece of advice you gave me. I'm going to say off the top of my head, anytime you have advised me to watch a show run by Michael Schur. That is good advice. That is good advice. But you have to get by on just my advice. And we figured that everyone out there should have access to good pop culture advice. Absolutely. And we remembered that when we were on tour in 2016 out in Seattle, we sat down to give some pop culture advice. And with us, not only was our buddy Glenn Weldon, but also our friend Audie Cornish. So right after this, it's Pop Culture Advice with Pop Culture Happy Hour. Support for NPR and the following message come from Little Passports. Every month, kids can explore a new country when packages arrive in the mail filled with activities, souvenirs, maps, stickers, and more. Or try Science Expeditions, which delivers exciting hands-on experiments and STEM activities every month. Little Passports has subscriptions and gifts for kids of all ages. Find special offers for our listeners at littlepassports.com popculture. Our first question uh, is from TJ in Columbus. And the question is, I spend more time reading and listening about pop culture than I do experiencing it. (laughs) Articles and podcasts that can be consumed quickly provide great insight, but also sometimes substitute for the thing itself. Am I doing it wrong? (laughs) Should I flip my time ratio? What do you think, Adi? Uh, I think the question you have to ask yourself is, do I have opinions without those things? Like, if you don't know if you like something without reading 15 recaps and reviews first, then maybe you should flip your ratio. But I also think that it maybe reflects the fact that there's such, there's a lot of great writing out there now. And I'm definitely a person who's enjoying just reading people's kind of cultural criticism about stuff, even if I don't get to see that show. So, yeah, yeah. just basically, do you have taste without it is the question. But I think this is a really common thing, because I, I had a conversation long ago with a TV critic who said... The conversation about television has very much moved from the things that you wrote about it before it was on, which is kind of what TV critics used to do, to the things that you write about it after it's been on and after people have had a chance to see it. I think a lot of writing about television or movies or, or books or whatever is intended to be digested by people who have already seen the thing. And in fact... When I was recapping TV early in my career, um, there would be a lot of write-ups about the site, Television Without Pity, that would say, um, (laughs) thanks, y'all, that would say, you know, did you miss your favorite show? Here's a recap site. And, like, it never occurred to me that it was primarily for people who hadn't seen it. Like, people who were trying to actually find out what happened. Um, There are recaps that are great for that. but that was not actually what it was. It was actually much more intended for people who had seen it. So the other thing to incorporate into all of that you're thinking about this is you're gonna enjoy the stuff that you're reading more if you have read the thing or seen the thing so that you have the frame of reference for what the person is talking about. Because it's, it's not just meant to be like, here's a review, here's a consumer guide, it's good or bad or whatever. And it's also not just meant to explain what happened on the show. It's meant to be something that you can sort of think about and respond to and 
all of that stuff. Yeah, the number of shows that I didn't, you're talking about Bitter Ender, the the shows that I did not give up on because they were recapped on Television Without Pity Mm. and I needed to do the homework of watching the show in order to enjoy the, in order to enjoy the recap. You watched Married by America. I did watch, actually, I watched, I watched Married by America before I found Television Without Pity. Thank you. That is a, that is a very, I think that's a very interesting question also. And as Glenn said today, he was like, that's the postmodern Yes, the modern condition is the postmodern yeah. condition. Suck it up, TJ. That's why that's fucking. Glenn Weldon is on fire with empathy with these questions. <laughs> From Chris in Pittsburgh, I love a wide variety of pop culture while my wife's tastes are more specific. There's a dot, dot, dot before specific. I tried to pronounce it. Mm-hmm. Uh, my policy is to give any piece of pop culture a try at least once while she frequently decides if she likes something sight unseen based on the title, the genre, the cast, the movie poster, etc. Is it worth trying to broaden her tastes and be more adventurous? And if so, how? What do you think, Thompson? I have found that in relationships, people, especially women, really love being lectured about how (laughs) they, whether they're watching the right thing or watching the right thing for the right reasons. I think... I think it's really important in that situation to just sit her down and say, <laughs> okay, <Honey>. so, so, <laughs> so Chris in Pittsburgh, who submitted this letter, listen to that audience reaction. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> I, you know, one thing that, that occurred to me as like a piece of practical advice is in relationships, if you have like a, like a date night, a TV night, uh, this is when we sit in front of the TV night, just alternate your picks and each one endures or enjoy, preferably endures. enjoys the pick of the other one. And that way, you know, he gets his night to sort of like, oh, here's, here's a show that you may hate. Um, <laughs> and that way you're, you have a little bit more fairness. I think the less you talk about it to your partner, the better off you'll be in terms of actually getting what you want. Yeah, like Stephen, I mean, the way that question is worded, I'm so liberal in my taste, and she's so... just sends up all kinds of red flags to me, because I think if we went back to this dude and said, what, what are we really talking about I don't know if it's a here? dude. It could yeah. be a lady. Okay, that's good. So we go back to this person and say, what are we really talking about? This person could say, well, she just never wants to watch my Belgian diaper fetish porn, and be like, well, <laughs> okay. That's fine. I mean, that was just so specific. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's the Belgian part. It's the Belgian for a part. Joke. <laughs> Is uh, it? <laughs> you're not gonna change her. She's cooked. She's baked in. Like, don't enjoy the little sliver of where your tastes overlap, yeah. and explore yeah. that. That's the niche where you have a really deep connection and enjoy that. I, I get why you are chasing this feeling of of wanting to have this person share this thing. It's the best feeling in the world. The worst yeah. feeling in the world is sitting on a couch next to some text to your husband named Faustino. <laughs> While you keep looking at me going, yeah, what do you, this is pretty good, right? <laughs> this next joke is, and then having him turn to you and say, why do you like this? <laughs> so I get it. I get why that's such an important thing. So you thing, just but, sit him down. Right. Just sit him down. <laughs> But I mean, uh, we've hit on this before, but like this idea that you have to have a pop culture checklist where you match up and like, well, you must like Guy Madden films and we must be able to talk about it. No, that means you're gonna be dating yourself. Uh, and uh, that's what your teenage years are for. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, I think, I think that one of the things that's interesting is I think a lot of people dream of meeting someone because everyone has that friend who you like basically the same things. And it's a really cool kind of experience to have with another person where you have like really similar tastes and you're interested in the same movies and you're interested in the same TV. There's like something to be said for those relationships. That's fun. But there's also something to be said for like Glenn said, they mostly like way over here and you mostly like way over here on the other side. And then there's like a piece in the middle. It's just as much fun when you find the person where you're like, wait, you like that? I also like right. that. I would never expect you to like that. So there's something to be said for kind of I think letting those tastes exist next to each other. Because I agree, with, I share Glenn's skepticism, so I would say let those tastes exist naturally next to each other. I'm also somewhat skeptical of the looking for someone who has all the same interests as you. Right. And you, you, when you enter a relationship where you do have a lot of things in common, and my girlfriend is a music editor as well at uh, Bitch Magazine, and uh, I thought, like, when we started dating, that, like, oh, we were just going to be constantly bouncing new music off of each other. And I've found, because of that, she actually hates it when I come and try to get her into something. I think it's that same thing. Like, people don't want their partner to view him or herself as a coach. Yeah. Right. And you also, I think, have to develop a little bit of sensitivity to, like, does this person consider themselves to be a person whose tastes are really evolving and changing still? Or does this person think of themselves as someone who, like, I've settled, I know what I like. There are people who feel exploratory, and with those people, you obviously have more room to be like, why don't you explore this over here? Then if the person's like, no, I know what I like, I know what my tastes are, I'm not super into it, ultimately there's no, there are very few close relationships where you benefit from forcing conversations upon people that they don't want to have that aren't necessary for your happiness. They're just ones that you want to have. So I think we all. I but think this we all person kind of thinks that it's necessary for his happiness. I mean, yeah. his or her happiness, right? Like it's the idea that I want to share something right. with my partner, right. and I feel like I can't share, and that's really frustrating. Right. And I think, for me, I think it's good to set parameters. There's a lot out there. We've talked about this. There's like so much content out there that if someone sets limits, just find you know the Venn diagram where you overlap and just make the most of that night. Yeah. yeah. Very good. All right, so uh, thank you to all, everybody who submitted uh, questions. Thanks to, obviously, Emily, and thanks to our other uh, folks. And everybody whose questions we didn't get to, we're keeping your questions. You, you never know when you might see them come up in the future as a topic. So thanks very much to everybody for participating in that segment. Thank you. Thank you.